welcome to the 5D Academy of Higher Consciousness. I'm Zarathustra, broadcasting live from Los Angeles. Today's topic is, is duality going to stay? Uh, of course, this is a very complex uh, question and answering it requires getting into a lot of details. And, uh, but we're gonna get into that. If duality disappears, means what? Means that we or I or fall into a state of oneness, but then there is nothing there to compare the one itself against anything. So if it's only one, then there is no awareness of the duality because what are you going to compare the one to? Because we can only talk about oneness in the presence of duality because there is two so or many. So one can compare itself to other objects, other things or states. But if it's all one, then there is nothing to be compared against. So that one, it can't even say, I am one, because I am one against what? There has to be something to measure the oneness against. So in that, does, does this make any sense to anybody? So when we're talking about if duality is going to stay or not, this world that appears to be, this world that when you wake up in the morning and if you're in a level four, stage four of sleep and the, R, the REM is very, very low and uh, basically you sleep, you wake up and our natural tendency to, is to say that, oh my God, I slept so well and I was gone. I was completely gone. And there is no awareness of I am sleeping, I have disappeared, and I'm in a very deep sleep. There's no awareness of it because there is no sense of separation. There is no sense that I'm sleeping and I'm in a deep sleep. Deep sleep is happening. And in the process that this deep sleep is happening, the individual, the person who has the ability to compare itself to something else is not there any longer. It's like in the disappearance of who you think you are and your mind activities, your emotions, and a sense that you have a body. Even when you're sleeping, you may be dreaming, and in the dreaming, there's still an observer. Someone is dreaming. Even though when you're dreaming, you don't see your body. You're always looking out. But there is still a sense of separation. But when you sleep, and in the fourth level of sleep, the deepest one, there is no sense of anything. I mean, you go to bed, you put your head down, and you disappear. Your body disappears. Your beloved partner who's lying down in your arms disappears. 
or maybe you have your child next to you disappears, the bed disappears, the bedroom or your, your the apartment, the house you live in disappears, all of your problems disappears, whatever is the problem, any kind of issue you have is no longer there. The world problems no longer there, whatever the problems are, whatever issues happening in the world, they all disappear too. So what happens is after you wake up, when you wake up and you come back into this world and the first thought you may have or the first comment you may make to yourself is, oh my God, I was gone. I slept so well. I disappeared. There is no recollection of that period of time that you slept and you were gone. There's no records of it. There's nobody there saying, I was gone. So you disappear. And where do you go? What happens to you? And your reappearance, when you wake up, you realize you have a body. You realize you're lying down in a bed. You have a home. Maybe your beloved is lying down next to you and you remember your problems, whatever your problems are, everything comes back. But in that period of time, there, was, there wasn't anything, everything is gone, Nothing, nothing's there. So there's no record of it. There's no stories, anything, it just disappears. So we're in this continuous shift from going into the oneness, which there is no awareness of the self and re-emerging into the dual world that duality exists. So if we are craving to arrive at a place that there is no longer duality, that means there is no longer the world that we perceive and we're dealing with, that will disappear because there's nobody there to record it. There has to be someone recording it, noticing it. Somebody must be witnessing oneness and say, oh, I'm in oneness. But if there is nobody there, that person inside whose job is to make this announcement that is not there. So to whom this oneness appears? Who is the one who's noticing it? So in a direct answer to this question uh, is no, duality is not going anywhere. It is a part of the phenomena of awakening into the world of phenomena, this world that appears to be and only happens in a dual state, only happens, it appears to someone, somebody notices it. And if it was to disappear, then we're talking about a pure state of I am, a, the purity of the being, which is always here. And it's been here for billions and billions and trillions since eternity it's always here but it simply has no awareness of itself it simply is with zero awareness 
of its own presence. And then you may just ask another question. You say, well, what's the goal of, of it? What's the point of, what's the goal of life? Anybody's ever questioned that? Anybody asked that question before? What, what's the meaning of it? What's the goal of life? And quite often, naturally, we have a tendency to believe, think that life is going somewhere. Obviously, it has an appearance that it's evolving. It looks like it's evolving. There is, and it looks like we're in the, at the age of awakening. It appears to be that way. It looks like it that we're, on, we're entered into the age of Aquarius and it's going somewhere and it's awakening, but it, it only is in a form of an appearance. It looks like it's awakening. It looks like it. And uh, life doesn't have a goal. It's itself is the goal. Of, and it's very difficult for the mind to understand because the mind wants to conceptual conceptualize things and put things in the box and create a situation that is digestible for it and they can understand by digesting it but the but life by itself it simply is it's not trying to go anywhere it's a simple phenomena of expression of what is whatever that is but it doesn't have an agenda the, the sun, the day doesn't start every day with an agenda. It simply begins and it ends. Every season comes and goes. There is no agenda in it. It simply is. Now, in that process of isness, there is an appearance that it's going somewhere. It's evolving to something else. It appears to be that way. It looks like it. That's all it's going on. It's just an appearance. It looks like things are going somewhere. Is this making sense to anybody? No? Yeah. So in a way, if you shift your attention, your focus, and shift it, in the beginning you may in the beginning you may say, Oh wow, that's really depressing. What do you mean? It's not going anywhere. Um, I mean you can't even experience it in that way if it's going anywhere because you need a thousand years minimum to really get into it not 50 60 or 80 90 years that's not enough to feel it to notice it it's too short of a time to really get get any taste of it we're just like an expression that boom you're you're born in this life and you're just getting getting an idea of what is going on. You're trying to figure out how to survive this life, how to cooperate, co-op co with it, because it's very, very confusing. And I would say maybe 30, 40 years it takes before you figure out where you're at in this world. And, uh, and you get a little bit of idea of evolution, spirituality, this and that, and then it's over. Then old age settles in pains and aches settles in and then you're trying to just hang in there 
and that's it. There's there's not much time. You need a lot more time than than this to get a much better understanding. And then you may just say, well, we you know we've been evolving. Yeah, there, yeah, technologically, we have improved a lot. We've changed tremendously, but the down deep, the nature, uh, the psyche, and the emotional body of human beings haven't changed. It's the same thing as it was long time ago. It's not like you can tell like humanity has really evolved emotionally. It's very, very simple. All you have to do is just look, watch some of the movies on theater and see where this mind, this type of thinking is. Just look, look at it and you will see exactly where it used to be 500 years ago. It hasn't changed. The appearance of it changed, the way it looks. Yeah, people are not doing some of the things they used to do anymore because they're civilized. But inside, majority of human race hasn't changed. It's the same thing. They're dealing with same abandonment issues, with the same anger, same jealousy, loneliness, competition, greed. It's the same thing. It hasn't changed. And you can see the status of, of the planet because we have enough money in the world. We have the technology, the know-how to create a utopian society to create a situation for every single human being on this planet to have all the benefits, everything that everybody with money can have. And it could, we can easily take care of each other. We can create a self-sustainable um, society, but we're just not there inwardly because we're completely operating from this sense of separation and i don't know if it would ever change or i don't even know if it's necessary to change because the way i see it that this is a training ground this is a place like certain souls arrive into it and they come incarnate and they have to go through this passage of being a human being and deal with all the stuff that being in a body, you have to deal with the stuff of being a human being. And uh, it's tough. It's not easy. It's living life is not really easy. You have to have a lot of forces working for you to to get a break or have a smoother ride. Most people go through a tough ride. It's pretty tough. So it's kind of like a schooling place. Now, what are we gonna do? We're gonna destroy our school, okay? And by evolving it, maybe it become a very, very smooth ride. So let's say we have created this utopian life. So whomever is incarnating and coming into this dimension, whatever reality it is. So now they're going to have a very, very smooth ride and they won't be challenged. So now we're talking about a different school. It's not the same school. And uh, since 
I'm not one of the architects of the universe. I have no idea how many different schools they've got or what levels that you have to go through. Um, if there are other parallel planet Earths or dimensions parallel to this, identical to this one, maybe it's a little bit easier or it's a different agenda. I have no idea, you know, where would you go? Okay, you go, let's say you incarnate into a utopian situation. And uh, so then what? You're not gonna be experiencing greed, anger, uh, being left out, betrayal, um, rage. It's gonna be like really tranquilo the whole time is that then human race needs to experience at that time? I don't know. I can't answer those questions because I can't see the big picture. I can't see 5,000, 3,000 years of be able to really look at it and get an idea. Is this, is this what these new people coming to this world need? I have no idea. But what I know is from the time you, we wake up in the morning, or I just can't speak for myself, is that a big portion of your attention goes into a sort of a survival, a sort of a basic stuff dealing with your very basic needs. That part I know. And this involvement, deep involvement into dealing with the basic things uh, really totally occupies you. It doesn't give you a lot of time to venture around because most people on the planet, they're trying to make a living, I mean, in their adulthood, and uh, they're trying to keep up with their bills and, and uh, their health, their status in the, in the society. So they're very much involved with these kind of things or, or they're raising families. So they have to tend to their family's needs. So if, if you really look at it, you will see majority of human race is very much involved into just daily survival. Yeah, there is a small percentage of people on the planet that they're well off or their existence has created a situation for them that they don't have to worry about paying the rent next month or making a living. Yeah, that's, that's a very small percentage of humanity. But the rest, they're very much involved in making a daily living and hanging in there somehow with whatever, whether it's with financial status or in relationships with their children, parents, uh, partners, um, relation with work, whatever it is. And, uh, and as you can see, um, the, there's also a lot of people can't make it. They don't, they, they cannot survive in that environment. They don't have it, or they don't have particular skills that they could hang in there. Like, okay, you're living in a, in, in a society. I mean, you have to deal with a lot of things. You have to be able to, to figure out a way to have an income. You have to pay your bills. You have to make sure your driver license is not expired, making sure you're in, your car insurance is not expired, your health insurance is there. Um, you're on top of things, you're taking care of bills, you're um, obeying the law, you don't get into trouble with the law, 
not getting into trouble with your family, with your partner. Um, physically, you're maintaining yourself all the time, capable of your functions. And then you look around and you have family, friends that they can't pull it together. There's always, they have a problem, whether they're having a hard time making a living uh, or keep, you know, keeping up with their bills or keeping up with their obligations, um, taking care of their own body, taking care of uh, their family. And you can see, you've all seen it, like after a while they fall apart, they just drop the ball. So, and uh, how do we view them? Just because they can't be a part of the norm, they're not able, they don't have those skills or discipline or training to be able to pull it together. So then we just kind of look at them as like losers because they don't fit in. But again, life is not really in so many ways. In if you want to look at it from um, a certain point of view, it's not very easy. And in some other ways, once you reach a certain level of consciousness, and in that level of consciousness, you're able to surrender to what is, and you understand the space, you understand the vastness of the being, and yeah, you fall into that, then it starts becoming easy. But until you get to that point, you need a very strong, powerful spiritual practice to prepare you to get to that point. And you need to be supported. You need support. So it is definitely a process. And this process, to me, is a part of coming to duality of this life, coming and living life and see how far you can go with it. However, in the same time, as you begin, you starting to realize and work on yourself and you get more centered, you dive into the pressures of life, the situation, the moment in life forces you, you know, it kind of bends, bend, bends you and it forces you to shift your attention inwards and as this shift happens which it could be very painful it could be a very uh, could be a process of a lot of struggles too but as this happens and then we don't know when it's going to happen this may happen in you know to you in your early 20s um it could happen when you know you're at the end of your life or a series of different things that you may be calling it struggles and suffering. You're struggling, you're suffering. Different things are happening to you, whether it's financial struggle or it's emotional struggle, whatever has happened, maybe things happen to you, traumatic uh, events occurred, and then it kind of forces you for your attention to go inwards. And now you're you're not pointing your finger out there. You're not trying to fix things in the other world, but you're simply bringing your attention deep within yourself. And as this shift is happening, 
which again, for most human beings, myself included, it was a very painful process. It took a number of years and it wasn't easy. There was a lot of suffering, a lot of confusion went through it. But the more you start looking and focusing within and at one pointedness, the more the mind becomes quiet. The mind starts to become quiet. You're starting to see there is an order. There is a process. It's invisible, but there are forces that giving, taking care of themselves. There is a underlying spirit or energy and a power that is pulling and pushing and it's manipulating things, but you don't see it. It takes the spiritual eye. You have to shift from the mind to the heart to start seeing it. And it does require work. It does require letting a lot of letting go, a lot of surrendering. So it's a catch-22. It's very scary, too, of really surrendering to this, to this. But then you begin to see and feel that something is in control. There's an order and put things together. That's the challenge to come to that place, to recognize it and to dive into it and to surrender to it. But once you start to notice it and touch it and dive into it, and let go of this imaginary control that you are in control of life, you are the one who's doing it, then you start to get the taste that actually it it's, could be a very smooth ride. But you have to get to that point. It just doesn't come in the inner work that easily. It takes time. Anybody has any questions? What about you, Miss Candace? Since you brought the subject, we're not going to let you off the hook that easily today. <laughs> um, so, is it part of this what you call pseudo spirituality that all these people are teaching? People that are like intuit, they say they're intuitives or they're astrologers or whatever. And they're all talking about how humanity is going through this huge awakening, which in a way that means maybe they, maybe that means that the idea of separation will diminish to some degree. I don't know. I just always wonder about it. That's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful topic. It's a good thing you brought up. Yeah. Again, it appears, it appears to be going in that direction. Okay. <laughs> it looks like it. But maybe, maybe it is and maybe it isn't, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, the bottom line is that it depends where you're at. If you come to an awakening of, of yourself, you, you awaken mm-hmm. to what is, And then in your core, you realize there is no separation. There is nobody there. There is no humanity that is evolving because that humanity that you you were perceiving is your own self. So now you have come to this oneness. There is nobody there evolving. It's all you. 
So when we're talking about, you just mentioned that a moment ago that yeah, partial in oneness or you remember you just mentioned that like some sort of oneness is happening, right? Yes, yeah. All right, yeah. So let's say a part of that oneness is Candace goes through a full awakening, full realization that Candace is the entire existence is in her and she's into everything. So if you come to that place, then what's awakening? Because once you realize that you're, you're fully awakened and you're fully one with everything, then everything is you. So, okay, I'm going to put it this way. And we talked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I believe so. I'm not sure. But it's good to put it into different uh, frames because sometimes, you know, for me, it's like that. I don't, you know, I don't understand something from this point of view, but then somebody uses this different kind of language yeah. and uh, examples, then it clicks for me. Right. So we're... We're going to go back into the original uh, thing. That is consciousness, God, presence, the kahuna in its original state, in the very original state of consciousness. And it's in very original state of the, of the vastness of the being. The being is just is. It's like here. It has no thoughts. There is no emotions. It simply is. Now, being the spirit, a thousand years after, two thousand, five thousand years after, ten million years, hundred million years goes by, and the absolute is simply is. And there is nothing. There is no duality. There is no war. There is no other people. There is no population. There is. There's just nothing. It's just is. It's pure vastness. And then at one point, again, this is a concept. It may get bored or a thought comes. What if or how about I try something? If I'm the infinite, I'm the infinite, infinite power. I'm everything, right? And you can see it when you were kids. Because when I was a kid, I played these war games with myself or with my, my, my buddies. And I'm, you know, the girls, maybe they played other games, but I was a boy and I was playing the boys games. And uh, whether it was second world war games or Vietnam games or cowboy Indian games or whatever, I was just imagining this army is fighting this army. And I would be in my bedroom for three hours with all my toys and this army was fighting that army and they would go into battle and all these people would get killed and these people would take over. Three hours go by and then my mom would come and call me and say, hey, come to lunch, lunch is ready. And I'm really immersed into, in my imagination in this war game that I'm playing, I'm really deep into it. And it was very, very real when I'm playing the game in my own imagination. And sometimes when my mom would come and say, hey, you know, come, come, come to lunch right now, drop everything and come. And I had to shift from this world that I was very much into, 
into bringing my awareness, consciousness into, okay, I have to go have lunch. I would go have lunch and my brother's sisters were there and other kids were there and we're having fun. And I completely forgot about the war, that game I was playing and it disappeared. And in this war game that I'm playing with myself, so there's like all these soldiers attacking the other soldiers and let's say, 5,000 people die and this group wins, but nobody really died because I'm imagining the whole thing. It's a game I'm playing in my head, right? Are you with me? Uh, okay, now if I can do that as a six-year-old kid and be able to use the power of my imagination at age six or seven, don't you think God at infinite age can do the same thing? Imagining a world, imagining worlds, and playing all the characters in, in the movie, appearing as a good guy and appearing as a bad guy. They're both the same. And I know a lot of people have a hard time with this part. I know a lot of people, they really, this is a hump for a lot of people. They, they just cannot comprehend it because I go, okay, if, if you give me all the powers in the world right now and I go, look, I want, I want to try a lot of different things. And you say, okay, you can be a lot of different things simultaneously. And I go, you know what? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in the ocean and I'm going to be a fish. I'm a goldfish. So I'm living the life of a goldfish and other goldfish. And then I see a shark. I go, that's really cool. That's a badass shark. And you know what? I want to be the shark too. So I want to be the shark who eats everything and attacks everything. And I want to be the goldfish who is being attacked by the shark and gets eaten. So... Is there a good or bad in this? Is there a violence? Hasn't, has it been violent if I'm both the shark and the goldfish? I'm both of them. I'm experiencing both bodies, sensations, emotions, and one goes and eats the other one. Well, the one who goes and attacks and eats is experiencing conquering. And the other one who gets eaten is experiencing being conquered and eaten up. I'm end up end up being somebody's lunch. So now I'm experiencing all those emotions of being eaten up on one hand, and the same me is experiencing eating something up. They're both the same. Okay. They're both both expressions one is the aggressor attacking and taking over and destroying and eating and tearing apart something so it's experiencing that angle and the other one is being torn apart and is being experiencing dying death so god consciousness which is the infinite since this is happening it's in own imagination the entire thing is happening it's in own imagination and there is not even a record of it because as after it happens 
it's like it never happened. Like you may sit down and look back and you say, okay, the history of human beings or the planet Earth, right? Everything that's very important to us, everything that is important to you in this life is from where? It's from your individual experience in this period of time that you've been living. That's where your experience is coming from. And what are you, you're also referring to what? This planet you're living on and the history of this planet. Well, a lot of the history, you don't even know if it happened or not, if it's real or it's bullshit. It's just stuff that they tell you that it happened, but you have no idea what happened 100 years ago, except stuff that is written in the books or the stories somebody tells you. You don't know a thousand years ago what happened. Yeah, you may say, well, well, we'll go back to the evidence of this and that, but you don't exactly know what happened. And the entire history of planet Earth is also a story that you have. But also the planet Earth one day is going to disappear. It's gonna end life on the planet, either the the entire planet is going to dissipate or blown into pieces, or the sun will die and no, there is no more sun and life on earth is going to die and disappear. So when planet earth disappears, what about this whole history of planet earth? Where is going to be a record of that? Everything else is going to be gone with it. It becomes meaningless as if it never existed. The deeper you go, the more you start to realize that if you adopt, if, if for some reason you can, your mind allows you, you can go beyond the hump and you can start looking at this whole thing, the entire world, all of it, with all of its beauty, its ugliness, the entire thing that is functioning and it's always been functioning all of it is an expression of the ultimate being all of them is the expression of god it's all the expression of the absolute it's one organic unity that it appears and disappears and it's always playing by itself if you can go beyond and look at it that way then you will see something is shifting in your consciousness. You will go into the next level beyond the duality, beyond the good and the bad. Because when you're on this side, the mind is always looking at things as good and bad. But in a higher level of consciousness, there is no good or bad. They don't exist. Good or bad, dark and light, they're just concepts, ideas of the way we have been conditioned to believe or what sort of behavior is okay and what sort of behavior is not okay. It's all ideas of the society, not in life. And you can see it like existence creates all these beautiful, pristine beaches, gorgeous. And then it creates a tsunami and the tsunami comes and destroys the entire beach and kills thousands of people. So it's itself that creates 
and itself that destroys. One is the expression of creation. The other one is the expression of destruction. They're both equal. Anybody has any comments, questions? Just one moment, I have to open this window a little bit. Hi, Mona. Welcome back. Hi, Agatha. Hi, Manuel. Manuela. Manuela. Where are you from, Manuela? From Hawaii. Hawaii. Hi. Hi. Where in Hawaii? Maui. Maui. Yeah. How's it going in Maui? Mm. It's going. It's it's everything is the same as it every everywhere else, but you have the nature and you have you have that, but at the same time, it's the inward journey that that is bringing me the peace. And uh, listening to you is very very beautiful, and I'm very grateful and. When you say, for example, one thing that just came to me was like, when you look at the analogy of the fish and the shark, so you can be the attacker and the attacked, right? That's what we can be in life. We can be both in the duality. But then the question is, so what is if this is the identity, but I'm finding myself before that. And then there's this peace. There's nothing here. There's just this moment when I step out of the identity of being attacker and attacked or whatever. And the same in this duality world, if I have a thought that it's gonna be bad or this or that, it's, it's still a thought that arises out of, of the nothingness that, that I am when I am before everything, which could be called the absolute, I guess, when you're speaking about the absolute or God or consciousness, there's just nothing here. And it's in that moment that there is this quietness. And that's a, that's a process that I've been on for very long. And I'm 62 and I feel very grateful that, you know, it's by sitting with you now, it's, it's reconfirming itself by itself. And I'm very grateful for this. And I'm thanking you for this and everyone that's here. And um, that doesn't mean my mind doesn't get into the emotions or whatever it does. But I feel reconfirmed knowing that there's people like you who are um, on that same journey and that this is actually the end of the search, basically. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm very grateful. Well, it's very nice having you. Yeah, always. You're always welcome to join us. And thank I'm you. very, very happy to hear of your realization and the fact that you're you're seeing it. Yeah. yeah yeah it's been it's like an unfolding yeah it's an unfolding it's it's but once you're once you're experiencing this then it's also so beautiful to sit with others in this no matter where we are but just to share to be in this moment together and this yes. expansion so i i treasure that that's happening yes beautiful and i treasure all the questions also um because i just I, I have a, a, a pure knowing that this is possible now. There's a knowing this is possible. And you just stick with someone like you or anybody that is on this path, just keep listening and it just happens little by little. It just happens or right. it can happen. So thank it you. Takes, I, it takes a lot of the pressure away, like from the pseudo spirituality that is constantly is working on evolving or, uh, getting to the next place that's a lot of pressure 
Yeah, but that's the other question right there. You know, when you look at it from the perspective of I am doing or I'm the doer versus when you come to this place where you really see, no, I'm not, I haven't done it. I'm not doing anything. And it's, it's the vastness, like that's what I'm saying, living in this nature here is very supportive. It's just this vastness, it's coming and it's going. The wind comes and goes, the rain comes and goes. Tsunamis can come and go, earthquakes can come and come here. You know, this is all, it's all just, it's all fleeting, but what's not coming and going is the essence of us. That's the essence. And I love how you say that for millions of years, that essence, and then a dog can arise and boom, one dog can create such universes. And I'm realizing that while you talk, you know, so I don't know, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm just gonna put Good. on my camera for a moment so I can see. Yeah. Uh, well, hi, hi, yeah. Nice to see you. Hi. Mm. Yeah. Welcome home. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Mona, you were gonna say something. Go ahead, and you can unmute yourself. Oh, I uh, say hello to everyone, and I'm happy and grateful for the opportunity to be here. I don't know, um, because of the internet connection, I might uh, get disconnected, but I, I hope that it doesn't happen. Have you got my voice clearly? Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, actually, um, first of all, I want to thank you for the guided meditation, which is great. Like, I listen to it almost every day and I meditate with them. Uh, I wish that we had more of that. I don't know if you have time for that, but they are great. You're, the ones that you have on YouTube. Uh, my guided meditations on my website. There, there is actually, if you go to my website, there is six of them. So I don't know if you've seen them. Um, I, I checked YouTube. On YouTube, I think there are four. And right. uh, two of them are my favorites that I listen to daily. One was Detox Your Soul. That was great. And the other one was um, Presence. I cannot remember the um, whole title, but it was great. I wish that we had more of that because I, I feel connected with the water. And there mm -hmm. you discuss water and everything. I mean, I really enjoy it. And um, to be honest, I watch your videos Every day I got addicted to your videos on YouTube, you know, I, I love them. Like I listen to them and I enjoy them. I laugh with them, with the words that you use. I mean, they, they, I understand them. Every single word makes sense. Uh, but today I listened to, I cannot remember exactly which one was it. It was a kind of a retreat uh, you had eight months ago or nine months ago. Uh, there was something you were talking about um, children and um the fact that they we, we are considering them as investments for future and we have single parents and uh or everything is changing so fast and these things I, I cannot remember exactly but the only thing i found a kind of contradiction um that was like i couldn't digest it well it was about um you said investment for future but um at the same time, in most of the videos, you say that future is um, the, pro the pro projection of our past. So in that case, it was like I said, OK, so why should we think about it like this? Like, why are we investing on children? To be honest, I'm not so into having children and these things. Um, but the thing is that it was like a little bit weird for me. I couldn't understand it. Maybe I couldn't understand the concept. 
The other one, uh, to continue with that, you talked about communal, um, taking care of the children in a communal society. Again, that one, I couldn't understand it because, mm. um, I mean, I, it's irrelevant to this session. I'm not sure if we can discuss it this session, but I couldn't understand it. It was a little bit uh, contradictory to the other videos. Maybe I couldn't okay. understand it. Right, right. Well, let me, ex uh, I, I would listen to this video that uh, if you send it to me, so I know which one you're referring to, and then I can just listen to it, and then, then we can talk about it next week. Um, now that you brought it up, I remember something, but I'm not exactly sure uh, the topic of that video. So um, whenever we are talking about the 5D consciousness, 5D awareness, uh, a non-dual way, uh, state. I mean, the state, saying state may not even be the right word, but the moment that we start talking about these things, uh, it falls into, um, it falls into duality. So anything I say, the opposite of it is correct too because it's basically impossible to, to talk about um, non-duality and not use words. I mean, the only way you can convey it in a pure language, which is the only thing and the most powerful way is silence, like just absolutely silence. Now, I'm gonna get back to what you brought up is just sorry to interrupt ahead, um i think it was about loneliness and you were talking about uh, from the beginning of the time that we are born we are we are having different ex experiences we are abandoned by our uh, parents right, and right, then right. it was like that and then you said we need uh, how come for example you said an example that you brought that really makes sense was you have a house you invest all your money on your house uh, then how can you abandon it? Uh, you just try to fix things. You want to maintain it. So you compared it to the children that we invest uh, on them for our future. But at the same time, we are abandoning them. And then we have single parents and all these things. And the thing that really was controversial to me was um, communal, um, you know, taking care of children in a communal way, in a community-like thing. That mm -hmm. was the question for me, actually. Right. See how much time we have. Okay, we have time. Um, let me watch that video so I'm, I submit, uh, get familiarized with it again, and then we can talk about it. Um, look, there is two, whenever, whenever, um, when I was sitting with Master Punjaji in Lakhna, India, and this is in 1992, 93, 94, and uh, Papaji, he was talking about mainly most of, most of the time we would go and sit with him, he would say, there is nowhere to go and nothing to do. And, and, he, and then so somebody, somebody would ask him, well, what should we do? And do you have any meditation for us? Do you have a way for us to live? And he would say, he, he didn't give you any kind of instructions. Papaji never said, get up at six in the morning and meditate. 
um, you should be vegetarian. Uh, if you like to have a glass of wine, you should not drink. Um, stop having sex. And a lot of schools of spirituality, they're very much emphasizing on these things that uh, a lot of these groups, if you're not a vegetarian, then you're not a good spiritual seeker. If you, you, you drink alcohol or you smoke cigarettes or you smoke weed or um, you have sex, then they kick you out or you're not, you can't be a part of that group because you're on the right, wrong path. So Papaji never asked us to give up anything or getting involved in any specific practice, never. And he always said, you are already that. So there's nothing you can do to realize yourself. There's nothing you can do to get enlightened. There's nothing you can do to realize your oneness. So, and there is nowhere to go. There is no goal. It's all, you're already it. You're already that which you're looking for. So on one hand, he would say these things to us, okay? But then on the other hand, sometimes he would say, well, be quiet. Don't think. Meditate and don't think well okay so it took me a long time because it wasn't this line is talking about and it's not this line is talking about okay so you're going to say a sentence and this is one sentence and here's another sentence and in you know i'm reading things from the rumi i'm reading things from some old ancient persian iranian masters, awakened beings, uh, reading things from other uh, Indian gurus. And I get more confused because I'm trying to understand it with my mind that what he's talking about. But then I realize that it's not really what I'm, it's not this line that I'm reading and the line under it. It's what's in between the two lines. So what's in bet between the two lines is like empty. It's like a, yeah, it's like, you know, you're writing these lines, but what's under the lines? It's just white paper. There is nothing. And he was also referring to what you're looking for is not in the words I'm telling you. The words I'm telling you is referring to the space. I'm pointing out look for for that space realize the space okay so and then there were times so let's leave this what i just said here and now let's go to the next thing and i'm going to tie the two together papaji were always telling us that how do you think you got here now we're we're all in this little uh place it's in uttar pradesh the, it's the state the province we're in Lucknow. And we're in this area called Indranagar. And uh, somebody had rented this big house. And there was like 200 of us, 150 to 200, sometimes 250 people, that every day we would go and sit with the master. And the master would come. And we called it going to Satsang, Satsang house. So we went to the Satsang house. And the days that Papaji was OK, and he wasn't 
having any health issues, he would come and sit and we, we were sitting next to the master. And there were times that he was saying, how do you think you got here? How did you all from all over the world, we had people from every corner of the world that they had found their way here sitting in front of Papaji. And he would ask us, how do you think you came here? How did you get here? And of course, naturally you say, well, I took a plane, I took a bus, I took a train and getting over here. And I found out about Papaji through somebody or I found a book or we all had our own stories of getting here. And he would say, no, you were all brought here. Her Majesty, the Supreme Being, Lord God, has brought you here. You didn't come here on your own feet. You were brought here. You had no choice, zero, and you have been pulled here to come and sit here. You didn't decide on coming here. And there's nothing you can do to accelerate your awakening. You can sit down and meditate 10 hours a day. You can be vegetarian. You can do all, get your mala and do the name of a God. Do like Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Do it 10,000 times a day. It won't make any difference. It's not going to accelerate your awakening process. Or you can go back to America and work in an insurance office or work in a title company and eat McDonald's every day and you may get awakened. And there's nothing you can do about doing that. So on one hand, he's speaking about like you have zero choice completely and there's nothing you can do to change anything. And then the next day would come and sit that he would come and say, you have to decide that you want to awaken. You have to make a decision that you're determined and you're committing to your awakening in this life. This is your goal. This is what you want. You have to want it really badly that you want to awaken. Okay, so if I have zero choice, there's nothing that I think, I feel, or I do is mine then how can I decide to awaken? So they don't make sense, right? And I couldn't understand it. I could not understand it for many, many years. It was very frustrating because I was torn in between two worlds. And I remember I came back to the US, I came back like in 94, hoping I can go back, sit with the master. And uh, he died in 97. Uh, and then I was lost in a period of time looking for a spiritual community and I didn't have my spiritual community. So it was very painful because I would get bored talking to mainstream friends and family who had no idea of my experience and I didn't have my spiritual community. So I couldn't connect because I wasn't going back to India to, to be a part of the satsang family. So you have to look around, see if you can find something. Anyway, I moved to Sedona, Arizona. I go, and then I find a spiritual community again, and I felt back at home. But I'm struggling in between these two worlds. And what are these two worlds? One, let's say the, the world above 
and one is the world below. I'm just using above and below only as a point of reference because that's all it is. And a part of me very strongly is thinking, you know what? Forget about anything. Forget about that I don't have money. Uh, why don't I just fly back? I buy a one-way ticket. I go to India. And this is still when Papaji is alive. I go sit with the master. I put a lungi around me. I throw my passport away. And I'm just going to be a beggar and sit with the master or sit with any enlightened masters and live that life of a sadhu, of a seeker, and until I become fully realized. And a part of me very strongly wants to do it. It's like, this is all I want. I don't care about the worldly positions. I want to let everything go. And then in the meantime, I'm struggling with this other part of mine that enjoys driving a nice car, enjoys uh, putting a nice jacket on, uh, enjoys going to a good, good restaurant and sit there and order wine and dine and enjoys the world, world, the worldly stuff. So I'm having a very strong part of me that wants the world and the worldly stuff. And there is this other part of me that only wants the world of spirit. And there is this big conflict inside me. And this goes on for maybe eight, nine years. And I'm fighting it. And it creates a lot of confusion, a lot of mind fucking. My mind is just going like, oh, if you're really a spiritual being, then why do you want to have a nice car? Why are you enjoying going out to dinner with a beautiful woman and spending $200 on dinner? If you, are, if you only want God, then why you want that? So I was confused. I couldn't figure it out. Then slowly, slowly, it started to dawn upon me. I started to realize that there's nothing wrong with any of these things because whatever I'm sensing, experiencing, and desiring is an expression of the oneness. It's an expression of the absolute. It's the same source, same force that's breathing through me and making this heart pump desires wanting to drive a nice car and putting a nice jacket on and dress nicely. And it's the same force that desires awakening. They both exist within me simultaneously. And they're both valid. They're both expressions of the absolute. Okay? I got my answer. Let me, let, let me make sure this sinks. Let's wait for this answer to sink in before we go to the next thing. So there is this realization that both all my sites including my dark side, my dark thoughts, my dark desires, whatever those desires are that I do have and everybody else has, whether they express it publicly or they don't, it doesn't matter because we all have our dark side. We all have our secrets. We all have things we're not proud of that we've done in our lives. And we have all the good things that we've done or we express, they all exist simultaneously within the package. And I'm starting to realize that it's all a part of the oneness. So I start to come to terms with it and accept it the way it is. 
and be able to go beyond beyond that. Is it making any sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. I just got my answer. I mean, when you gave me the, um, I mean, the line thing, I just got the answer about the right. children and everything. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. On one hand, I may be sitting here and saying like existence or humanity is not going anywhere. And then on another day sitting, I may be talking like children is our future and it's our treasure in the dual world, in, in, in the in the relative reality, in the world that appears to be real, of course, children is our investment. And of course, we're screwing them. I mean, we, when I say we, totality, of course, we're screwing them up. But are we doing it really? Or that which runs the world's doing it? So it depends what, how you want to look at it. You want to look at it in the highest level? or you want to come to look at it from the human level, then everything changes. Right. Let's see, there's a, uh, okay, right. And the loneliness one, we can get into it next, next Wednesday when I have time, because yeah, of course, um, that's feeling lonely is an epidemic. It, it's getting worse. It's very powerful. It's there. And as a race, as we're losing our sense of community and we're not living in the village, the tribe is not living together anymore. Naturally, there is more and more of lonely people, single people who are left out. Let's see what we have here. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. All right, thanks. Now, if you really want to be confused, then watch some of Osho's videos then you get really confused. <laughs> Hi, Mia. Nice seeing you. How's it going? Well, I guess you can say I'm, I'm in this place you just described, uh, uh, yeah, experiencing my shadow and uh, yeah, just learning uh, to forgive and accept more and more so I can yeah, embrace the duality of myself or the many aspects and understand that it's all well as it is <laughs> and just trying to rest more and more in that well, you're, you're doing a good job you're here <laughs> yeah after a long time i'm here again yeah that's part yeah. of it i was yeah. Yeah. yeah well it's it wasn't my choice and <laughs> yeah. here we are yeah. yeah cruise in you cruise out and it's all good Welcome back. Thanks. Thank you. Actually, I have to say yesterday you popped in my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know why. It just all of a sudden you popped in my mind and it was like, I haven't seen her for, for a while. I wonder where she is. So here you are. I'm right here. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging now, on. <laughs> huh? Hanging on. Yeah. Hanging on. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's really beautiful, and then it's heavy, and then it's really beautiful again. And um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it gets very heavy. Oh, yes. Especially when you forget that when you forget that you are not doing it, and you think you're <laughs> the one who's doing it, then it gets very heavy because you have to figure things out all the time. And 
And it's just like, uh, you know, it's like you feel like you're being crushed because you can't figure it out. Yes. And when I when I discover time and time again, oh, I pulled myself back into the suffering. Okay, let's get out. Let's just, uh, yeah. When I see the illusion, it's really, whew. yeah. I went I went on a hike, nice hike yesterday with a buddy of mine, and I mean, oh my God, he just went on. Oh, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be doing that, and uh, 45 minutes goes by, and I go. And yeah, I know you're going to be in Tulum. And you're, I said, how do you know I'm going to be in Tulum? I, I have no idea where I'm going to be, you know. Uh, oh, are you going to go back to Europe and teach? I, I go, look, I can't. I mean, I can go as far as next week. So. Yeah, right now, just right now. Well, it, it's not, I'm not even trying to be cool by saying I'm here now. It's just my <laughs> mind, you know, it's, it's like. My mind, I can think like, okay, as far as next week. Yeah, for example, I, I like to go to Sedona. And I'm just thinking, okay, how am I going to pull this thing off if I want to go to Sedona? But two weeks, three weeks from now, because it's changing so much. And uh, every moment something else is happening. Yeah, there are times that you, you it's it appears that you know what you're doing it looks like it like when i was coming to europe three times a year so that was the program um you know in july august september i'm preparing for the tour i'm leaving on a tour on october and i'm going to be gone for two months and then i come back and then you're going on another tour in february and it looks like it it looks like you have a plan it appears to be that way but it still doesn't mean anything. It's just the mind may be uh, a little bit calm because you have a program. But in the reality of it, you have no clue, zero. You have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah. And everything can change. Yeah, I, and just the programming or the, the indoctrination, trying to think all the time. And yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, the mind wants to control or have have a it wants some kind of stability. The mind demands or feels like if if I know what I'm going to be doing, then I'm stable. But it's just mind mind fuck. That's the that's the best word to use. It's mind fucking. That's all it is. Because you have zero idea what's going to happen next. It's all projection. Which, of course, I mean, if I want to go travel, if let's say I want to move to Denmark or come come there, you have to plan it naturally. I mean, you can't do a two month tour and going to six different countries. On one day you wake up and you say, "Okay, I want to go on a tour." It's impossible. It's stupid. You know, oh, but but I'm really in a moment. Yeah, but in a moment, you can't do it because people have to organize things and bring people to your events and you have to put advertisements and you have to rent Airbnb and you have to buy your ticket. So that's impossible if other people are involved, unless you just wake up one day and jump in a plane and go somewhere. That's a different story. So you, of course, you have to plan it naturally requires using the mind and organizing but, but that, even then that, you don't know 
Huh? But even then, you don't know. Oh, you you still don't know if it's going to happen or not. Like what happened in March of 2020, I, I'm just about to leave on my tour. And then uh, President Trump, uh, I mean, COVID happens and that was it. That was the end of it. it. It ended right there. You think you're going in that direction, but you ended up being somewhere else. And that's what life is. Every moment of it is like that. And in a very micro dosage, it's happening all the time. We're just not paying any attention to it. Yeah. Like you wake up in the morning and you think today you're going to be doing this, this, this. And then all of a sudden you have a horrible migraine and you don't do any of it. Or something happens, you get a phone call like someone needs your help or is hurt. So you end up doing something completely different. It happens in the micro dosage all the time. Okay, so it's almost 12 o'clock. Um, I know uh, most of you who are in Europe, you're probably getting tired. It's nine o'clock at night. Now, uh, oh, let me ask you this before I forget. When is time changing in, in Europe? Anybody? I know Hilda, you mentioned something. Yeah, it is October 31st. Uh, okay, let me write these things. And that's in Norway, October 21st, right? Yeah, October 31st. 31st? Yes. Okay, that's in Norway. And in LA, it is November 7th, I think. Okay, and uh, how about in Poland? Uh, I think it is the same as Norway, isn't it? Yeah? Is hope it so. And Sweden, Germany, the same? Yeah, I think so. Because I will I know, check it out. Because I know the time in England, in London, is always different. So, cool. Okie dokie. So I wanted to see, okay, we have time. Great. Just wanted to make sure we don't get caught. Yeah, I will check it out and let you know. That would be great. Thank you. Welcome. Right, very good. Well, nice to see you all. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining me. Um, uh, you're welcome to write an email to me if you have any suggestions or questions. Uh, my email is info at zaratustra.tv. My website is zaratustra.tv. Those of you who are interested in the meditations, if you go to the media section uh, and under the videos, we have six guided meditations there it's under the media section and uh my social media name is uh, zaratustra 5d that includes youtube facebook twitter and instagram a, a copy of this broadcast is going to be emailed to you uh, also the video as well as the podcast other than that uh i am thinking maybe setting something up, maybe a workshop and or an online um, something. I'm not sure what. Uh, maybe you want to make some suggestions, um, but I'm just kind of feeling it to see if the energy is there to put something up. But if anybody's interested, just write to me. I'm uh, more than happy to consider it. Other than that, I don't have any other programs being offered right now. I look forward to seeing you next Wednesday, sending you a lot of love and light. Be well and God bless you. Namaste.